It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. I always enjoy uh, talking with Debbie Schlussel because we have some guests on this uh, program that talk about the law, some who talk about domestic politics, some who talk about world affairs, and others who talk about pop culture. Debbie Schlussel is probably the only the only person that brings the same level of passion and gusto to all and expertise to all of those areas and uh, very very pleased and flattered that uh, on the day after a major holiday just a few hours removed from a major holiday she's kind enough to get up early for us debbie have a happy thanksgiving uh, what did you end up doing for the holiday thank you frank happy thanksgiving you know what i just used it to sleep in and relax and I guess they call it veg out and just clean up a few things. You know, I just needed some time off with not having to worry about court or, or business or any taking calls from people. And it was nice to have a day free of all that. Good for you. That's great. Also, um, let me publicly apologize uh, to you because uh, I made some remarks that uh, some people thought were uh, a bit disrespectful to you uh, when I was talking about uh, a previous discussion we'd had about the Middle East. And, uh, you know, I can absolutely see how it might have come across that way. And, uh, you know, we, obviously we know each other a long time, and uh, I really appreciate your contributions to this show. And I would never want to say anything that uh, could even be perceived as disrespectful, even though I didn't mean it that way, honestly. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that, and I hope you had a great Thanksgiving as well. Happy happy post-Thanksgiving. Yeah, thank thank you. Um, All right, I want to pick your brain on a few items in the news uh, before getting your take on what movies people may want to see this weekend if uh, there's poor weather, which there may be in wide swaths of the country. Let me begin with the presidential race. Early on, you were uh, all about DeSantis. You um, praised some of President Trump's policy accomplishments, but you had some concerns on both a stylistic and a substantive point of view. You've said in our previous conversations that you're not going to vote for Trump this time around. He seems to be sort of running up a pretty wide lead in the Republican corner of the world, and it seems like a lot of the anti-Trump Republicans, both in the donor class and among the voters, they seem to be settling on Nikki Haley rather than Ron DeSantis as the Trump alternative. How do you view the Republican presidential primary race now, and what's your thinking about who you might support? Well, I am still supporting Ron DeSantis, and you are right that I I did say I, I I, listen, the dinner with Nazis was the final straw for me, the Kanye Nick Fuentes dinner. But there's just been so much. Um, and so I, I will never vote for Joe Biden or the Democrats, of course. Um, and if Trump is the nominee, I'll just throw my vote away and I will vote libertarian, um, which will never win. The person will never win or I wouldn't vote for them either because I have my problem with libertarians as well. Um, I, you know what? Yes, Nikki Haley is doing better in New Hampshire, but in Iowa, Ron DeSantis is getting a lot of the important endorsements. He's gotten the governor. He has a lot of the important um, evangelical leaders there, and we will see. I mean, there has not been a single primary yet 
I am not a huge fan of Nikki Haley. I don't like a lot of the things she's done. And I'm, I, I feel like she's really a flip-flopper. I think Ron DeSantis has done great things. He's been very consistent. Um, and, and I think he'll do great things as president. And I think he can still pull this thing out. Oh, yes, really? you're right. Yeah, yes, you're right that um, Trump is far ahead of both of them. But Nikki Haley has the momentum right now in, in New Hampshire and also um, with a lot of the Republican donor class. But don't forget, John McCain was way behind everyone. And then he became the nominee. Right. Um, Kerry also. Kerry also. Right. And so, you know, and remember, Howard Dean won Iowa, right? If I'm not cor- well, uh, incorrect. Well, I think he finished third, uh, but he was projected to win uh, Iowa. And he that's when he, um, you know, he, he, yeah, he Kerry ended up winning Iowa. But but your point's well taken. Uh, Kerry had a big, uh, you know, people were writing his political obituary. And then he had a campaign shake off a shake up and then uh, and then came back and won the nomination. You're you're right. So you you still see a scenario in which uh, DeSantis might be able to pull it out. He might be able to. And listen, I remember when Herman Cain was the leading Republican nominee. So anything can change and we shall see. I am definitely not giving up hope. Anything. The the thing really hasn't started yet. But yes, it does look like we are headed for a rematch, which I don't think anybody wants. I do. My fear is that if Trump is the nominee, there are a lot of Republicans who voted for him. I voted for him three times in the primary in Michigan and then twice in the general. And I was proud to do so. Um, my concern is that there are people like me that voted for him. And because I've talked to a lot of them, it's anecdotal, but there are a lot of them that won't vote for him in the general. And that what will happen is it's not just going to be Trump losing on top, but I think it'll go all the way down the ballot mm-hmm. and it will really hurt Republicans. And that's along with, The Democrats using abortion again, unfortunately. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Let me ask you about the situation in the Middle East. You know, we're just a couple of hours away from uh, the beginning of this uh, hostage release and uh, this uh, cessation of hostilities in in Gaza. I'm going to take a wild guess here and assume that you're not crazy about this deal that was negotiated for Palestinian prisoners in exchange for Israeli hostages. Exactly. Not at all. I think it's a ridiculous deal. I think Israel 
has set itself up for these horrible lopsided deals because over the years they've traded thousands of prisoners for a, a dead body or two and so on. And we don't even know if these hostages are alive. Um, we don't know in what condition they are. We know one one of the hostages, who's actually the son of one of my friends from grad school, uh, Hirsch Goldberg Poland, um, we know that his arm was shot off. Um, you know, we don't know if he bled out or if he was taken to the hospital. We know that a couple of bodies of hostages were found outside that Al-Shifa hospital. You know, we don't know what kind of surgery, if they got any, was happened with them, if it was barbaric, just like the treatment was before. I think that giving away 300, because the story is it's 150, mm-hmm. but a lot of the stuff I've read in Hebrew media and Israeli media says it's actually up to 300 that they are going to release for the initial 50 hostages. Some of these people are actually, they are killers. They are attempted killers. They just didn't succeed. One of them is a woman, um, Mara, I can't remember her last name, but she, um, her mother says, oh, she was only a teenager. She's a nice, sweet girl. Well, this nice, sweet girl who was only a teenager stabbed um, an Israeli border patrol guard and tried to kill her. Um, These are attempted killers they're people who stabbed people they're attempted homicide bombers suicide bombers they're people who are going to do this again as we as many people know from the media reports Yahya Sinwar the uh, Hamas leader in Gaza who planned these attacks spent 22 years in an Israeli jail because he also was an attempted uh, terrorist he is a terrorist. He was trying to plan mass murders um, and took place in a plot. He um, refused. He was in one of these mass prisoner releases. And his dentist, whose nephew is now among the hostages, but this Israeli dentist who treated him in the Israeli jail, said that he um, refused to sign. They had a, a document. They wanted all these release prisoners to sign, which they're all lie anyway. So if they would have signed, it wouldn't mean anything. But they refused even to sign that they would no longer take part in terrorist attacks against Israel. This is a man who had a brain tumor. Israel Mm -hmm. operated on him and saved his life. Um, This is the guy that planned all of this. So these are the kinds of people that they're releasing. They're not you know, teenagers and children and women, they're, they're, they're killers and would be killers and, and hope to be killers. And this is just going to make Israel and Jews all over the world target again. If Israel would stay, I understand they have this policy. They won't leave anyone behind, even dead bodies. And they are willing to make these deals, but by willing to do that, they just make everybody a target more for the future. And, you know, he said that Yahya Sinwar, that Yahya Sinwar, he said that he's going to do this again and again and again, and there are going to be more September or October seventh. 
Uh, Debbie, I have a lot of questions for you uh, about the Middle East situation, but uh, I want to talk movies with you because a lot of folks are going to enjoy a three-day weekend with you. So uh, you got to come back, and we'll we'll continue the Middle East discussion. Let me ask you about a, a horror film that uh, that's gotten a lot of attention because of the holiday that it's named for, Thanksgiving. I know you enjoy yeah. a good horror movie from time to time. Is this a good horror movie? So I do enjoy a good horror movie, but I hated this movie, and I'll tell you why. It was so, it's Eli Roth directed it, which I didn't know at the time I went to see it at the screening. Um, and Eli Roth is known for the hostile movies and and for his very, very explicit graphic gore. And this movie was so gross and so gory. And I watch a lot of these horror movies and I'm not afraid of a little blood or even a good degree of blood, but this was so gross and so graphic and so disgusting. It was like, it was torture porn and killing mm. porn. And I, I had my hands over my face for like a third of the movie. It was so gross. I just couldn't watch. And also, the beginning of the movie shows this scene on Black Friday where everybody from a year ago, where everybody goes to the store and they all break into the store and people are injured very badly and people are are killed in the stampede and things like that. It just seemed to me a little out of touch with reality. Black Friday is over. Nobody's waiting in line except a right. few crazies right. at Best Buy. Right. You know, we're all shopping online. I used to be one of those people waiting in line stupidly. Don't ask me why. Nothing was worth it. Um, and I was, you know, calm and not violent like the people in this movie. But nobody even does that anymore. So none of the stuff at the beginning of the movie would happen. But also the other thing is a good mystery, a good thriller gives you some hint of who did it and why. This movie gives you no hint at all. Hmm. Um, one last thing. It stars Patrick uh, Dempsey. He's the only big name in this movie. And then it's got... Um, one of the people that has like a ton of followers on TikTok, but isn't really an actress. Um, and anyway, Patrick Dempsey was sat at my table at my cousin's wedding. Oh. And not only was he, he was recently named the uh, sexiest man alive. Not only was he not even the sexiest man at the wedding, he was not even the sexiest person at my table. <laughs> Ryan Phillippe was at my table also. You, so, who, 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 who was at your table also? Ryan Phillippe. Oh, oh, used to be a bigger name. No, no, no. I know. No, I just didn't hear you. I certainly know Ryan Phillippe. I loved him on uh, Boston Legal, where he played uh, Donnie Crane. Hey, um, you didn't see Napoleon, though, did you? Everyone's talking about the length of this film, Napoleon. Did you see it? I did see it. Oh, you know, I forgot to add that to our list. Sorry about that. Oh, so give me your take. So it's way too long. It's like two and a half hours. It felt like five and a half hours. They told us it was going to be three and a half hours when we went to the screening. And it really felt like it was much longer even than that when it was only two and a half only. Um, it's very repetitive. I did not hear for the casting. I think Joaquin Phoenix really sounded and seemed like a guy from 2023 pretending to be Napoleon. <laughs> A lot of this stuff was really stupid, like the sex scenes where he's making all these weird noises to let his uh, wife, Josephine, know that he wants to have sex. He's making these, like, way over-the-top noises going, mmm, and, and stamping his feet. I, I just took that away from the whole you. story. Yeah. Right. And it just, it just wasn't 
to me very interesting. I thought it was boring, and who cares? Whereas Napoleon's story was very interesting, and I felt they made it less so. I know sometimes you've had an issue with things being historically inaccurate in different films. As best you could tell, even if it was boring, was the history at least up to par? You know, I mean, it did not seem very different from what I read and what I learned Mm -hmm. in history, history in class and so on. Um, and the various wars that he took people to and the, the deaths and things like that. But I don't know because I'm not a really much of a scholar of Napoleon. Gotcha. Only, you know, basic stuff that I learned about him. Gotcha. But it seemed uh, like it must have been correct. All right. Well, that's a point in its favor, I suppose, but not worth uh, the, that length of time. I'm going to be with uh, a whole bunch of uh, children at a two-year-old birthday party on Saturday, and I'm sure a lot of them are going to be uh, begging their uh, parents to take them to see this new Disney film, Wish. It's a musical fantasy film. I think it's animated. Uh, what, what's the deal with Wish? Is it worth seeing? So it is animated. I didn't care for it. I was so underwhelmed. I think it was one of the least spectacular animated Disney films I've ever seen, if not the. The story was was ridiculously stupid and nonsensical. Um, And it just seemed like they are tried so hard to have a multicultural movie that they didn't try hard at all on what the story and the plot was. And the animation seemed to me like it's like 1980 or 90. It mm. wasn't fabulous or spectacular like you usually will see in a Disney movie. Usually they have a magical story and the the um, multicultural and diversity stuff won't bother me because the story will make up for it. It didn't bother me in this. It just showed me that that's all they cared about for the movie. And I think parents will be bored to tears. I was bored. Usually when I see these Disney movies, the the parents and the kids will both love it. I didn't find this to have the magic, and we'll see how well it does in the movies. I, I I was underwhelmed. There were so many better movies that I've seen. What's, um, what's Saltburn about? Oh, my God. This movie was so weird. It reminded me of... Um, the talented Mr. Ripley movie. Uh, Remember yeah. the Matt Damon movie? Yeah, I wasn't crazy minus, about that one. Minus the talent of Matt Damon and the other people that were in this movie, there were uh, that movie, with the addition of a lot of gross things. Basically, it's this guy that's from a middle-class, working-to-middle-class family, and he goes to uh, Oxford, and he's on a scholarship, and he meets this guy that he uh, has a man crush for, on, and that guy is from a very wealthy family. His parents are a lord and a lady. They're noble, and they live in this castle that I think was Henry the uh castle, something like that. And he inveigles his way into the life. He was he was a nerd on scholarship, but he inveigles his way into the life of this rich guy. And he the rich guy becomes taken with him and brings him home for the winter break, and. It's just so creepy and weird, but it's, it's there's a there's just a lot of weirdness that's to me very offensive and gross. Oof. And it's aimed, for example, there's a scene where the the rich guy takes a bath in the bathtub, and then after he's done, and the water is almost drained out, this weird, creepy 
protagonist of sorts licks the bathtub and oh, drinks. The, it's so gross and disgusting, and I'm not even telling you all I, of the grossness. I appreciate I can't that. Say it on family radio. Hey, um, thank you, Debbie. I have to run. Um, yes. But uh, is there anything this weekend that's worth seeing? Is there a quick recommendation yes. you can give to people? Yes, The Holdovers is a great movie. It's a classic, adult, grown-up, nice movie that reminds me of Dead Poets Society. It takes place in 1970. Very good with Paul Giamatti. You can never lose with him. Um, I also thought that Dream Scenario starring Nicolas Cage, it turns out to be too weird and too Mm. disturbing, but it's like a Twilight Zone episode of a guy who suddenly appears in all of these people's dreams around the world beyond his control. I enjoyed Uh, both of those. Debbie, uh, thanks very much for joining me. Have a great weekend. Let's talk soon. Thank you. If you want to be heard for 15 seconds, you can do so. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.